I lie there quietly and patiently for my brain to whisk me off to sleep. The deck pops from the cold, the furnace kicks on, the refrigerator hums, a squirrel, no, a mouse, scurries unseen but noisily inside the ceiling. Welcome to the Nature of Phenology, where we share the cycles and seasons of the outdoors. I'm your host, Hazel Stark. Needless to say, mice are prolific. Whether you live in a rural or urban place or anywhere in between, these small rodents have no doubt trespassed into your life more than once. One summer in college, when I was working as a naturalist guide at a lodge in New Hampshire, I lived in a shared employee cabin hidden in the woods a short walk behind the lodge. Given that this cabin only had human occupants for about three months a year, we realized it should not have been called employee housing, but rather mouse housing. I have come to expect mice wherever I live, especially in the rustic accommodations I often find myself in, but I should have realized this was not your average mouse housing. When I arrived, my boss was rigging up quite an elaborate mouse trapping system, comprised of a five-gallon bucket with some water at the bottom, a small ramp, some bailing wire, and a paper towel tube all baited with bacon fat. I'll spare you the details. Luckily for the wee timorous beasties that called that cabin home, they had more of an appetite for peanut butter than they did bacon fat, and this so-called bucket of death became a bucket of wishful thinking. Regardless, it was not the warm welcome I had hoped for as a new resident of this mouse house. All the staff, including myself, moved into tents in the woods within a week, leaving the mice to have full reign of their home. Given that many of us are now likely experiencing mice coming into our homes once again, this is a perfect moment to reflect on why these rodent interlopers are so bent on sneaking into our homes in the first place. Like any mammal, mice need suitable shelter to provide protection from predators, nesting materials, and a spot to retreat out of the elements year-round. In the wilds this time of year, a thick insulating snowpack is important for the survival of mice. For the mouse species that hibernate, snow provides an extra blanket, keeping the conditions beneath a bit more static. For the mouse species that stay active through the winter, that snowpack can also provide cover from predators while they travel along on the ground finding seeds and other vegetation to eat. It is that drive to get out of the cold winter temperatures and seek the potential of more plentiful food elsewhere that brings mice into our kitchens and pantries as the seasons shift ever colder. Last year, we had quite an intense cold snap at the end of November without the benefit of much snow. The number of mice that snuck into my office at this time last year far exceeded previous years. My guess was that it was due to the lack of protective snowpack increasing their drive to find better shelter. I also noticed way fewer ticks the following spring and summer. Correlation? Well, one of the predictors of increased cases of Lyme disease is the amount of acorns available for small mammals like mice to enjoy. If mice have plenty of food, they can reproduce and survive in high numbers. These small mammals are the vectors responsible for getting the bacteria that causes Lyme disease into the ticks that latch onto them for a meal. So my hypothesis is that anything that makes a mouse population do well, like plenty of food or fluffy snowpack for shelter, will also make ticks that carry Lyme disease do well. The most important thing we can do to reduce mouse numbers and the resulting indoor pests and cases of Lyme disease is ensure that we maintain habitats for the critters that eat them, like foxes and owls. Healthy populations of foxes, for example, are correlated with low rates of Lyme disease. 
So the next time you are battling small but powerful trespassers in your home, remember that keeping mouse predators happy is an important piece of the puzzle. Poisoning mice poisons their predators, which may increase the Lyme disease-carrying ticks in your area. You can download this episode and find a link to the transcript, photos, information about podcasting, and more by visiting archives.weru.org. Have a nature question that you want us to answer on our show? Simply reach out to us. Theme music was by a pileated woodpecker made available by the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. Thanks for listening, and please join us next week for another dive into the nature of phenology. (laughs) 